Welcome to the Grace Church Podcast, an extension of our adult Sunday school ministry and stories of grace. Pastor Brandon here, along with Pastor Steve. Hey there. And we are committed to utilizing this platform to continue our church's rich tradition of deep theological teaching through our adult Sunday school ministry. Though this unique season of following Jesus has not been without its share of challenges, we hope that you will tune in weekly to dive deeper into the scriptures as we hear from the vast array of teachers that we are blessed to call family here at Grace Church. Welcome back. We are so thankful uh, that you have joined us as the listener. Um, I'm joined, I'm Pastor Steve here. Uh, I'm joined with uh, Pastor Brandon. Hello. And also Pastor Brad. And um, if you have not listened to Pastor Brad's uh, uh, podcast, the first episode, then it would be helpful to you if you go back and listen to yesterday's uh, session uh, if not, I mean, a re- reality is you'd probably still be able to track with this one. We're n- we're not so fancy or complicated, but uh, but it would help if you went oh, back to that. We're fancy. <laughs> Don't take that away from us, Steve. This is a really cool setup for those of you that can't see it, and it's my first time in it. So it's pretty fancy and professional. It is. I always joke to Brandon that I'd be I'd be sticking my iPhone in the middle of the table. Um, <laughs> And just doing a voice memo or something like that. But Brandon Brandon has these cool microphones. We've got these headsets on, and it is really something. Well, shucks, guys. Fancy. <laughs> I'm speechless. I've got nothing. <laughs> we can wrap up with that. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> Philemon was awesome. Brandon, you better just get us going here. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Brad, it was it was awesome yesterday to hear you just you're just tracking through the letter of Philemon and and I found myself just sitting here listening to you go through it though you might not have been uh, reading it word for word right out of the ESV or the NIV or whatever you were you were just working right through it and it was very illustrative of how um, of how the text reads I was just sitting here listening to you, but trying to follow along in my ESV version here. And it was just so helpful with, with kind of every line. You just, you brought out things that are in the text, but it just illustrated it so, so well. And so, um, would you speak to that? Just, was that a version you were reading or was that, uh, kind of a reworking of? Sure. And I'll back up a little bit to how I even got here to do this in that uh, I mentioned in that podcast that I like to tell Bible stories. We are familiar with some of the the more narrative parts, but as I was thinking about our desire for kids, particularly in my area, to see the Bible as God's story that involved real people at real times with real things, that I wanted to try how could you take other parts of Scripture and put them in their context in part of a story. And so that's why I first tried to get behind the story of Philemon, what maybe was going on, things that aren't necessarily mentioned even in the letter, but we know from other parts of Scripture about Onesimus or 
um, about Paul, of course, and, and Philemon. And so then when it came to telling the content of the letter, I'm not even sure if I did look at some various versions, but was just trying to get get the the heart behind it. Like if I was just telling the kids, oh, I I got a letter from a friend and and here's what they said. In that context, I probably wouldn't be able to quote it word for word, but I would get the the emotion and the significance of it. And and that's what I wanted to try to do as I would teach this to kids or even as we did it yesterday to just have us enter into the story maybe a little bit more than we have previously. Now, I am not against reading exactly what our ESV or NIV translation says, because like you said, Brandon, it's got to be in the text still, but there can be more context provided when when we look at it beyond the words on the page to what else we know about the situation from Scripture or history. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, there is something to a narrative uh, framework of the text that is just so helpful in bringing out little details that, uh, if we're doing a quick reading of it, sometimes don't always stick out to us. There's mm-hmm. a lot of little things that kind of are just underneath the surface that if we dig, we can get to them, but sometimes they just go right over our heads. Did, yeah. did that happen to you at all in this? There, I, mean, I had it happen to me oh, yeah. as he was sharing. Oh, absolutely. I, yeah, how that's, did that, it's an interesting way you said that there. Yeah, that's why I was saying that as I was following along and you would say things, it's like, oh, yeah, that that's what Paul means. And if I was just reading this by myself you know, it wouldn't have, it would have gone right over my head. And so, yeah. There, there, at one point it was, um, I, it was like, okay, you could almost imagine Paul and Onesimus thinking, you've got to go back. Like, you can't stay here. You got to go back. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that I, I mean, I've had that thought before. It's I guess it's not a completely original thought, and yet that that was one detail that I think because it was story and it wasn't just a straight reading of the scripture or even like um I'll say like a normal sermon kind of structure. I, I experienced it in a different way because it was storied. And just as you said, I didn't write that down or anything. I just when you said that, it just jogged my memory. Like that's exactly something that happened to me during the the story portion. Yeah, that's the human element of these, that Paul and Onesimus had a sweet thing going, and Onesimus would have known that under law, if he went back, he could have been beaten, punished in all kinds of ways, so let's just stay here. But at some point, they would have had this conversation, no, this isn't right, we need to make right what you did wrong, which could be another whole lesson of when we sin or make a mistake just because we receive Christ afterwards or have made some progress doesn't mean we don't have to still go back and perhaps face consequence or at least seek reconciliation. And that's that's the human element that I think makes the Bible so rich and come alive 
and again, as a children's pastor, we just we want kids to to see that it is living and active. Yeah, it it um, I, I'm doing a little bit of reading between the lines and speculating here, but you can almost just hear the logic of that argument of, okay, and SMS if if it's true that Jesus is Lord, and if it's true that we as His kingdom citizens are to live as He taught us to live, then a plus B equals, yeah, you need to go back and make this right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's very helpful. So, Brad, I was a um, junior counselor at Camp of Champions. <laughs> a good one at that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Steve, you can leave the room, and Brad, let's 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 have it out. Let's hear. I was a junior counselor as I was a high schooler. Started working at Camp of Champions in the Peoria site, uh, and you were the site director at the time. As a college student. As a college student, and you would tell the big room story. And I remember um, being fully engaged as a high schooler in the stories that were intended for uh, the children that I was looking after. And there's something about narrative that I think removes what age this lesson, sermon, teaching, whatever you want to call it, it almost removes the age. That That's almost a benefit, I think, from narrative. But maybe you want to speak to that one, or mm-hmm. what other benefits do you see? Like, you intentionally chose this to be a narrative uh, here. Do, do you see that, that that's a... A helpful way to engage in scripture whenever mm. we're talking about scripture. I I do certainly not better than preaching. Again, mm. let's have this be heard clearly on the podcast that <laughs> the the power of preaching and going through the word verse by verse is mm. very important. So far, all I've heard is exposition is insufficient. So, sorry, go ahead, Brad. <laughs> Somebody, please <laughs> save me. <laughs> so, Brad, let me let me hear what you're saying. Let's just rephrase this for the listener. You think this is going off the tracks? It's really fast. Preaching is very important. Yeah, I also believe that narrative teaching of Scripture provides a helpful context and connection for our preaching and our teaching. Mm -hmm. So I'll go back to Camp of Champions as an example. When I first started there, we were very much using your prepackaged, purchased curriculums that had all the neat sections and things that you would talk about. And again, those have a place and those are good. What we were seeing, though, is a lot of those curriculums assumed some level of Bible knowledge, even from kids. References to a story, but maybe not a thorough telling of a story. And we decided at one point to set all of those curriculums aside and just pick a section of the Bible and say, this summer— we are telling stories through the Gospels. This summer, we are telling stories through the Book of Acts. And that's 
probably the summer that it hit me the most. Again, we don't need to go into all the the demographic or backgrounds of a lot of the kids we had at camp. They had heard some of the Gospels. They knew about Jesus. They knew the Christmas story. They knew some of his miracles. But man, that summer that we just told the stories of Acts was like they were in a movie. <laughs> and if we know the stories of Acts, they're pretty pretty incredible. And so we we just worked with our site directors at that time on on helping them hopefully grow in their ability to look at the text and tell it as a story to the kids. And then, yes, like good storyteller, each day we would cut it off, say this is where you leave it, hopefully leaving them wanting more. And and once we experienced that with the kids, and maybe some of even our staff, like Steve was hinting at, especially as we went through certain stories, were like, I've never heard that story before. Mm-hmm. And yet we didn't want them just to hear a story. We wanted them, and we want our kids here at Grace, and we want the kids in our families, and we want the adults at our church to see how it connects, how it fits, how it's one big story. Let's take Philemon, for example. Like, if you go back and are reading Colossians, Colossians 4, 7 through 9. Yeah, that's what I wrote down. Colossians 4, 7 through 9. Paul is kind of ending that letter and saying, hey, Otychicus is coming. He's bringing this to you, and he'll explain some more. And Onesimus is coming. And if you don't know Philemon, that means nothing to you. If you know the story of Philemon, you're like, wait a minute. Ones- it seems from that Onesimus is actually going to be the one delivering this letter, this plea on his behalf. And to just see see the richness of that just gets you excited about how the Bible yeah. is put together. Yeah, the way I, I, I keep that straight in my mind is, is kind of by illustration. It's recognizing that the Bible is kind of like a forest, hmm. and we need to get down into the the forest and we need to you know do exposition study the leaves mm-hmm. the individual trees themselves look at the soil and just get a sense mm-hmm. of the nitty-gritty of the forest but to also recognize that that these leaves and these plants um, you know get above the canopy layer and recognize that these plants and trees are part of a larger whole mm-hmm. and so we we need both we need exposition but we also need to recognize that it within exposition, that this is part of a larger, grander narrative, and and to, as you had said, you know, how does this fit in to the mm-hmm. overall context of it all? And so I think of it kind of like a forest, and you know, it is possible to miss the forest for the trees if you're not keeping your exposition uh, in line with what the larger narrative is, where it's heading. Mm-hmm. You could you could wrongly uh, interpret some things. So mm. I don't know if that's helpful, but that's how I think about it. Um, yeah, another, you asked a question about the the use of stories or Bible stories. Mm. I think <clears throat> a previous guest of yours, Mark Getz, I believe from even talking to his own kids, did this really well and has uh, inspired me to at least think about it when I'm working with my own kids, is in those 
teachable moments or even discipline moments to to bring in a story. This reminds me of the story when. Mm. And again, the hope in that is even when I'm disciplining or teaching my kid, we're we're pointing them to scripture and we're we're helping them see how that scripture applies to their daily lives. But hey, let me you have a tough decision to make. And we just kind of covered this at our Epic Autumn night a couple nights ago. You have a tough decision to make. Let me tell you about three friends in the book of Daniel who had a really tough decision to make about whether they would obey God or obey someone else. Boom, right there, you've given a life principle through a Bible story rather than just, Dad says so. Dad says it's right. Dad says it will work out fine. Well, I don't really know all that as a dad, but I do know a Bible story that I believe is true hmm. and is relevant to us today. What? Uh, so just as you're talking, what advice do you have to parents? I mean, you are a children's pastor. Here, here we, We're giving you a platform to speak to the parents of the children. Uh, yeah. Don't be afraid to read children's Bible stories. <laughs> and there are some not so good ones out there, and there are some good ones, and be glad to take emails to feed you a few. But where where I learn how to maybe share a story with kids or try to share it simply or quickly, though still correctly, is to look at good children's Bibles, children's storybook Bibles, because someone probably even smarter than me has taken the time to, to, to do that. Again, if you get the right one, do that as a parent, as you're reading it with your kids. I, there's a, I, there is a, a, a dad in our church that I'm, I'm so proud of as um, he's got young kids and asked what he could be doing and and gave him one of these um, children's story book Bibles, and for him to come back and say, man, have I grown just reading this to my children. We're going through it a third time, and I'm reading stories I don't know that I ever knew. So that's just us being honest with ourselves. Like, let's learn and read. And one of my most common answers to kids here at church. Yes, it's true, parents and elders. Um, and to my own kids, the answer is, I don't know. I don't know the answer to your question, but I'm going to study God's Word and then come back and let's talk about it. So we as parents don't have to know the stories off the top of our heads. We don't have to have all the answers, but to have those tools to, to be reading the stories for ourselves so that we can seek to apply them in our families' lives. So we haven't gotten so into application or just digging more into the text, and uh, sometimes we can get so wrapped up in the, how, you know, what was the strategy behind this, or what, mm-hmm. what were you thinking here or there, advice to you know, mm-hmm. here or there, but maybe just to continue digging into this uh, one chapter book of Philemon, this little little story here. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Either what else in your studies 
did you wish you could have brought out, but you, you weren't able to, or, um, I felt like I was able to just kind of create application as you're telling the story, mm. but just, uh, yeah, I don't have a clear question or answer here. Just comment, just want us to try to continue to engage there. Yeah. Maybe even just what are things that struck you as you were studying through the book of Philemon? Mm. Thank you for that save. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You were no, we're, you were. We're you having were fun. Just fine. We're having fun here, regardless. <laughs> so, I think there there's a a lot here, as with most of Paul's writings, that could could talk a lot about even doctrine. But what what also is neat about Philemon is that this is doctrine in action. This is forgiveness in action. This is what the body of Christ looks like in action. This is how reconciliation happens. And and so while it's it's good, it's really good to study doctrine and 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 understand those things, we also need I'm so thankful for this little letter that shows us a very practical example of of how you how you do that. But again, all of this points to Jesus <laughs> because without Christ's work on the cross and the forgiveness that we have through him, this not only wouldn't be possible, but we wouldn't have the example of this. I mean, Paul's appeal to Philemon is is from that like I'm a prisoner for the gospel, and with that authority, in a way, I am pleading with you to respond in a gospel manner. So mm-hmm. it it's still so Christ-centered because of what the foundation is for for their relationships, but also for the appeal even, and and why that appeal is even possible. And I think that was very challenging to me or or encouraging to me um, that it that it goes back to back to that. I mean, there's also a lot in here that we could talk about with with bitterness and how we don't do this well a lot or how dwelling on the hurt we have received from others really paralyzes us as individuals and sometimes divides the church if we're really being honest and so thankful for a letter that says, wait a minute, um, that's not how brothers in Christ, being Philemon, Paul, and Onesimus, brothers in Christ, should should handle this. Mm-hmm. And... Um, it's pretty extreme. Like if we do look at the context, what Onesimus deserved based on the law was pretty strict and strong. Um, so Paul was asking a great thing of Philemon, but at the same time, had not Philemon been forgiven much. Um, and so it'd be hard to say, though I'm sure we could. someone listening could think of one, like, 
but I've been wronged more than probably people have been hurt more than than Philemon was. But in that context, stealing, running away, um, coming back, and not as Philemon, he'd have to be looked at from the other um, business owners as well. This isn't how you're supposed to handle this, and, and just. All the sacrifices made here that, again, point back to the sacrifice of Jesus and the forgiveness of Jesus on our behalf. I was so struck yesterday, once again, uh, as you were reading or, or taking us through this letter, and it just, every time we come to verse 18, it just knocks me sideways. Those words, if he has wronged you at all or owes you anything, charge that to my account. And it just, it seems like, oh, it's such an, it's such an echo of, of Jesus' parable of the Good Samaritan, right? The, the Good mm. Samaritan tells the innkeeper, if he accrues any expense, I'll come back tomorrow and I'll pay that. Mm. And that's just, again, that's such a beautiful imagery of Jesus and what he mm. has done for each and every one of us, that we owe the Father, and he has charged that to his account. Or the fact that when God looks upon me, I have done wrong to him, and I do owe him much. Right. Jesus can say, I paid Correct. for that. Yes, hmm. yes, that's a much better way of saying that. <laughs> Not at all, because your comments led me to that thought hmm. of Jesus can say, I, I, I already paid for that. Yeah, yeah. I I will say here um, that uh, one of our former pastors, David McGrew, whom many of our listeners will remember, who now serves at a church out east closer to, to home for him, I just saw today that he has posted on Facebook a series of three talks on Philemon that are are rich and in more depth. So I'd encourage anyone who's on Facebook, look up David McGrew in the last three weeks. He he goes into more context and background and application than certainly I have that I think you will find find helpful. Hmm. So another separate Sunday school time for listeners <laughs> if you want to check check that out and be reconnected with Dave. No, that's really great. That's good. It, I'm I'm still struck by this um, pain to my account thing. Um, so I'm putting my place myself in the place of the one who's being paid for. Hmm. So whether it be in the story of the Good Samaritan that I would have been the one who was beaten on the side of the road, or um, in this case um, that it'd be Onesimus. And I'm just thinking about motivation so as not to accrue anything else, any more debt for the person who is paying on my behalf. Mm. They've already paid so much, uh, you know, in the Good Samaritan or, or Onesimus, that, that a lot has been paid for me at this point. And what a motivator that is to... Um, yeah, to n- not to accrue uh, more debt, and I'm—I mean, I'm 
thinking about, about it in terms of because my sin has been paid uh, by Christ, you know, uh, if, what is it in Romans, uh, t- going into chapter six, it's the, uh, if, if grace bounds, <laughs> well, Brad, Brad, you probably just, can you say it off the top of your head? Uh, if, if grace will increase, Sh- shall we sin, sh- shall we sin so the- that grace may abound all the more by, by no means. means, by no means. Yeah. And it's such a motivator. Like, yeah, t- I mean, I guess God's grace would increase because he'd have more to forgive. And yet that's just not the spirit of the gospel. That's not the spirit that I would get <laughs> when I read this story and and thinking about just practical daily living for myself. Just because Christ has died for, for, for me and has paid my sin debt, does that mean that I'm just covered? Well, yeah, I, I am covered. But motivation to continue to seek good, not accrue <laughs> any more debt to be paid uh, to the cross. But, and what and what you're talking about is so important because that is obedience out of love, not out of fear. That's what it's yeah. not obedience yeah. because if I don't do X, Y, or Z, I'm going to get zapped by right. You know, God on high. It's no. Jesus has paid this for me, and why would I want to accrue more debt? I want mm. to obey him. And that's obedience out of love rather than fear. So that's so important, Steve. Mm. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Another question that sometimes we could ask kids from this or try to take it a step further or play it out further would be to ask them. So we we as we can probably rightly assume that Philemon did receive this letter and did respond accordingly, even if it wasn't easy for him. So Onesimus receives that pardon or that forgiveness. And then to ask kids or any of us, so what do you think Onesimus did the next time he was wronged or he was hurt? (laughs) Or what should he have done? Well, out of the greatness of what he was forgiven, he forgived others. Of course, and that makes us think of the parable, parable of the un, mm-hmm. ungrateful servant who, who didn't do that, uh, even though he had been forgiven much. And so there is the two sides of that for us. I guess I thought of that, Steve, as you were saying, I wouldn't want to accrue more debt on the one who has done that for me. Like that would make no sense, or, or to not then extend the same grace and mm. forgiveness to others. And oh yeah, well that's the parable of the ungrateful servant. And how often is that really actually true, though, of me, of us, <laughs> that we forget? Well, the Ephesians verse: "Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you." Do we forget the gravity of how much we have been forgiven? To the point that we, we again, we we see the speck in someone else's eye, or in our relationship, and can't forgive it when much greater has been removed from us. Brad, uh, we gave you a chance to speak to parents earlier, and as you just mentioned, something maybe more towards uh, kids as as the children's pastor here, and if there are any kids who have made it this far. <laughs> 
Doubt it. <laughs> My own. If there are any kids who have listened, what would you tell any children from from this passage? Or uh, this is what you need to hear from this this story. Sure, that's a great question, Pastor Steve. <laughs> Uh, hold, hold on. First, I think kid? we need to address our kids on Spotify and Apple <laughs> Podcast apps right now. <laughs> I don't suspect that many kids have tuned have tuned in at all. But but well, let's if say they that have, they did. Hypothetical. I, it's going to be tough that they made it this far to listen to our little discussion here. <laughs> Maybe the Grace Church podcast has been come part of family devotions. You guys, <laughs> there it is. You, you never may know. be a, a regular know. in. In our homes. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> our heads are just going to get way too big. And we will not be able to fit through the door again because well, our heads will just be blown up so, so Maybe big. it will as as a result of this. <laughs> the children's pastor came on and suddenly the kids of grace <laughs> tuning in. Well, I, I think I would say to to kids, similar to what I would say to all of us. We've talked about the deep, more important things, but let, let's talk about this idea of forgiveness mm-hmm. or just owning our stuff. So I talked about with my daughters or or just in life, we, we've got to say, kids, say what you did that was wrong. Wow. Be sincere and ask for forgiveness and receive the beauty of forgiveness. We always, even us adults, we 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 only see the worst and and miss out on the blessing of forgiveness. And so just to kids, if you're hearing this and you need to go back and ask a sibling, a teacher, a friend, a parent for forgiveness. Do that, and you will blow them away if you actually name what you did that was wrong mm. and could even sincerely say, I'm going to try not to do that again. Will you forgive me? Um, I wonder how that could change a lot of our relationships. But the other part, which we referenced in this, is there are people who will never come back to us and say that, um, but will can we forgive? Um, and that and for and sometimes for ki- kids are actually better at that than than adults are at that. Like, yeah. oh yeah, that friend was mean to me at school yesterday, but we're past it now. But if we just had honest acknowledgments when we have wronged others, and then to willingly receive a sincere apology from someone else i just i just think it could make a a huge difference in in the in the peace and the the unity and the love of the church which the world is watching and if we don't have this right in our church the big church we we can't expect those around us to think any differently um own our stuff and ask for forgiveness and let God do the work. It's almost like the writer of this letter also said in a different letter, something along the lines of love keeps no record of wrongs. And he's almost asking Philemon to not keep Mm -hmm. a record of wrongs on Onesimus. 
I mean, how, man, I think of how often I'm willing to not keep a record of wrongs. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it's not not enough. Yeah, see how you tied different parts of Scripture together? <laughs> but if our kids didn't know that Paul wrote these letters, they that wouldn't mean as much. So we want our people and our kids to have just general Bible knowledge so that they mm. can see the the sweetness of how God has put all of this together. Mm. There's a thread. Paul, there is a thread. Hey, Paul wrote this letter to these people and said this, but that also applies. That was good. That was well, good, Brandon. That well, was good. Well, it's just this. I, the other thing is it's just this recognition that grace shocks the world more than retributive justice does. Right, I mean, when we're willing to to lay down our lives and our rights and our um, our record keeping, mm-hmm. <laughs> that shocks the world a lot quicker than, "Hey, you wronged me, so you owe me." Mm-hmm. And and that's probably why that story I shared at the end of the podcast about uh, a Christian oh, man, man. forgiving the young man who accidentally killed his wife unborn baby, injured his daughter. That's why that was on national news. Mm. And that's not somebody I know. Let's get that out there. That was on national news mm. because this was like, how is how is this, why is this man doing this? And he had a chance to say, that was, one, that was a quote from him. I, I am to forgive as I have been forgiven. Mm. And that blows the mind of, yeah. And only world. by the grace of God could he sit there across the table from that guy and not and not have that between them of this thought mm-hmm. of you killed my wife. Mm-hmm. It's only by God's grace that he could forgive and man. That was a very powerful story that you shared, yeah. Brad. That was yeah, just one uh, that stood out and yeah. one that seemed applicable here. Yeah. Well, Brad Thank you for joining us on the Grace Church Podcast. We've been waiting for this moment. With anticipation. <laughs> With and anticipation. We <laughs> well, what our listeners don't know is that I've kept putting it off. So I'm glad it worked out for this time, this day, in my spirit, for where I'm at, and hopefully the timing for anybody else who's listening. Well, Brandon and I have been blessed, and we hope that you as a listener have been blessed. And uh, thank you for listening in to the podcast, and we'd love to invite you in to listen again next week. We'll look forward to uh, the opportunity once again to hear from one of our teachers. 